Hi, everybody, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast, where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hey there. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm feeling well-rested Good. good after my good. week in New York City. You survived a week in the city. We got to spend a couple of hours together, which was very fun with producer mm-hmm. Brian, who we laid eyes on for the first time, as my mom would have said, and my grandma, let me lay yeah. eyes on you. And we did. We did. It was so fun. He um, was incredibly late. Oh, my God. Poor guy. Yeah. He was just kept delaying the time. Just stuck on the train. Mm-hmm. But wow, wow, wow. What an impact he made when he arrived. He like burst in like, bam, I'm here. And we were like, whoa, okay. (laughs) Well, so there was like this frosted glass in the doorway. So like you couldn't really see who was coming in and out. (laughs) And so like occasionally Chris would be like, oh, he's here. And I would turn around. I would like wave (laughs) or like smile at the person coming in. And it was not him. So it was exciting when we finally got to see him. That story was a lot funnier in person because what was was just told was... Nothing. I'm also just like still kind of like I'm recalibrating. Like I'm yeah. I'm coming back to life. Um and it's so funny when you were reading the introduction because the Sex in the City podcast, this won't be for much longer. We're not quite ready to announce what's coming next. That's coming in the new year with probably darkness and dragons. (laughs) But Onward, this podcast will go. We've made an executive decision. And I'm excited about this next chapter for what we're embarking upon next. Me too. We're going to have some It'll new cover fun. art for you guys. Maybe, Well, not maybe. We've got to change it. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, we have to. Right. Um, and then we'll... And it needs to be like evergreen because we can't be changing it when we go back to one just like that. And right. this and that. But we're very excited and... Wow, wow, wow. What have I been up to? Oh, I saw I Carey on Friday. Yeah, yeah tell me. Was that How yesterday? Was Friday. No, today's Sunday. Friday was two days ago. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey, she's everything to me. Now, what I will say about this woman, and I'm so glad I saw her in concert the same year as Beyonce. If Beyonce is a consummate artist giving you three hours of a show performing to every extent of her being, mm-hmm. killing herself really in front of us, Mariah has mastered doing the bare minimum and yet giving us exactly what we want. Now, vocally, I haven't heard her sound this good in years. And with Mariah, it's not just like technique and it's also her um, confidence level. And you could tell she was just in such great voice and having fun up there vocally. So that was great. And one thing I'll just note about her con forever is, is like, I don't know how, and I believe her to be 50 plus, you know, she doesn't acknowledge time and you can find multiple different birthdays and ages for her online. Mm -hmm. The way her voice has kept its sort of effervescent girlishness since the beginning of her career is so amazing and suits Christmas music so beautifully. Then she shifts out of that into like the more womanly voice she uses for pop music because of course she does a full pop section. She does change my all, which is to me a song about, you know, loving a man and taking all of him and you to a mm-hmm. Christian hymn about Jesus that I was like, is this blasphemous? But uh, here we are. 
but it worked. And the crowd, how was the crowd? Were the they crowd having fun? was beautiful, having a great time. Wendy Williams, former DJ, DJ Suswan was the opener. He was wonderful. Now, at one point, he did begin doing tributes to people who had passed, like... Shout out to Prince. And then he'd play a Prince song. Then at one point he played a Diana Ross song and I had to pull my phone out and was like, wait, what? Yeah, because you're never really, you're ne- your finger's not really on the pulse. Of but I was like, I think if Diana had passed, we all would know. And I was like, I think he needed to transition us out of like the immemorium. Without, to just the to celebratory. Just, like, I'm coming out. <laughs> I'll also, well, also, like she was just on stage with Beyonce. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like no, I think Diana's still here in this known world. Mm-hmm. Um, she was prompt and on time, Mariah, which I was shocked by and Ye- delighted. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with, and this is one thing I will say for this woman, and God bless her. She's orchestrated this career where, for like eight weeks, she makes probably. I can't even imagine how much money she makes in the last like quarter of the year. Chris, I know. But it does mean she has to work during her favorite time of year. Right. So this was the second to last show and she's ready to go. She's like, I got to get out of here. She's like, I'm ready to hang up my Santa hat. And get my ass to Aspen, get on a like sled. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about the show is every song is a greatest hit with the exception of two. The only full song she sings are Hero and All I Want for Christmas is You. Other than that, everything is truncated down to about 42 seconds. Songs that are four minutes are 30 seconds. <laughs> I've never... She's going from hymnals to pop songs. She didn't do Miss You Most at Christmas. But I will say it was a magical evening. I cried multiple times. Her voice sounded beautiful. She glows like no one I've ever seen before. Glows. Like she's the color of champagne. Mm-hmm. She radiates. And if it was an annual Christmas show that stopped in Baltimore, I'd go every year. And it wow. is a swift 85 minutes. You're in and out. You're in, you're out. But when you're in it, and she's you out. are. And she does not dance. She teeters around the stage on, on her heels. Mm-hmm. Um, but vocally, wow, wow, wow. What a queen. It was um, a great pleasure to be in her presence. And I will go again in a second. I hope she... Tours outside of Christmas stuff soon. Now, you know whose presence um, it wasn't great to be in? Dorenda's? Candace Bushnell's. Oh, I think we should save that for behind the behind paywall. Behind the paywall? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. In fact, maybe we'll tell all of our Candace stories behind the paywall. Pull up those emails. Pull up those. <laughs> See if Pull I can't those. find some of that correspondence. <laughs> That went cattywampus. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be maybe this week's bonus episode. Just touch down on Candace. Just touch down on Candace. <laughs> and yeah. we won't say which Candace. Could it be Candace? I already Bassett, said it. Candace. I already said it. I don't know any other Candaces. Although this could be like that time we um. Candace Owens. Who did we say was like the most famous somebody? And then it was like the ninety. 90- the most famous David. <laughs> Oh, we were like, David Arquette is definitely the most famous David Arquette no, we said- David in the entire world. Because was it when we were watching Scream? It was Scream, yes. And we were like, there's no other famous David. And we were like, and not then it was like, one. David Beckham. <laughs> David Blaine. I was like, now I'm like struggling to even remember who David Arquette is. David yeah, Schwimmer. And then, you said, and then you said, Courtney is the most famous Courtney. 
Now, she is the most famous Courtney who spells her name that way. Courtney. Yes. Right. Right. So right. she does hold we that distinction. That. David Arquette does not hold the distinction of being the most famous David. He's like the 15th most famous David. If that. Once you really right. sit with it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um. So, yeah. Well, so... First and foremost, if you're thinking about supporting us on Patreon, and that was not a smooth transition. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's Sunday morning or afternoon now. It's Sunday morning. Um, It's a lazy morning, but we decided to record again, and we are quite late. I was going to say, we decided to record early. Actually, we're a week late, so you'll get this when you get it. You'll get what you get, and you don't get upset. Although you guys, some of you do, you know. And that's okay. Um, But if you want to support us on Patreon, you can by joining us over at patreon.com slash shortcomings podcast. You get access to our newsletter, which is going to be up and running in the new year again. And bonus episodes, Zoom, our monthly Zoom call, which is this Thursday. So now is a great time to join. I think you guys will get this episode Wednesday, if not before, a little before. So please join us on Thursday for our holiday call. We're going to have a fun and just settle in. You'll also get, mm-hmm. I don't know what else you'll get. Maybe we'll add something new in the new year. Yeah. Like a monthly or a quarterly little something, something for people. But you also get, you know, just supporting this podcast and helping us take it to its new next step. If we have to hire a graphic designer, that money, money's coming right out of that Patreon. so you know we got to keep that alive and going and of course we want to thank our iconic shorties margarita gina carlos lauren christina kimberly kate ainsley jenny stacy laura charlotte taylor alexandra dana laura laura lee claire ally jen caitlin Lindsay, casey gloria justine alexandra somebody's back trench school Trench School has added themselves back. They're back. Hey, Trench School. Shout out to Trench School. Grace, Rachel, Emma, Allison, Haley P, Haley D, Claire, Haley M, Erica, Avita, Emerly, and Holly. So we want to thank each and every one of our iconic shorties for stepping up to sort of the largest plate. But we appreciate all of you for keeping the lights on over here. Mm Mm-hmm. Truly. Because it's not free to do this. No. I got a bill for it today. And I was like, what the fuck is this charge? I was like, oh, it's that damn podcast. It's like, oh, it's... <laughs> I, was, oh. I was just going through my documents and my Excel spreadsheets. And I was like, what the fuck? What did I... What is even this yeah. website? And I was like, ah. Can I tell you something that happened? You know how, like, you sign up for an app randomly and then it you forget about it and then you get like that charge like notification it's like apple whatever can i tell you what i got charged for it's humiliating yeah sure proactive a baby generator what is that oh i know what that is i wanted to morph my face with jacob alordi's yes our babies looked like and it cost me 11 dollars so dumb (laughs) so when i got the charge i got the charge and i was like what? And then I was like, oh, that's humiliating. That really is. I have to cancel. That's worse than that Etsy witch. Way worse. Because that I got something out of. Did you? I thought so. <laughs> At the time. At the time. But I have to tell you. And the thing about the baby generator is like, 
It's never a cute baby. Who do you think never. I should generate a baby with? Does it have to be a woman? Mm-mm. It can be any face. So I could put like mine with like Ellen Pompeo. Yeah. Mm. Let me know who you want. Well, you paid the eleven ninety nine. Yeah. Maybe that'll be our new cover art. We'll just throw <laughs> your baby with Jacob Elordi and mine with Ellen Pompeo and just throw them up there as like two Guga Gaga. And that'll be like the next. <laughs> Rugrats. Yeah. yeah, it will be like that's my side the hustle. show we're covering next, guys. We're gonna put baby generators <laughs> up, and we're covering Rugrats, and but only in Paris. I famously wasn't allowed to watch Rugrats as a kid. Oh, I loved Rugrats. Um, my mom hated it, and I she said it, we, she didn't we want me to poor. get any ideas. Somehow we were poor, and yet occasionally had like cable. Hmm. Like I, we had zero money. Like lights were getting shut out. Like I'm sure we were stealing this a cable. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this cable was stolen. Yeah, pirated. Definitely with some hookup with a like cousin in the backyard, just like plugging things in. Because <laughs> it was that that was very popular to steal cable. Like that was a very like popular thing or internet. I don't think we stole the internet mostly because we didn't have a computer because we were poor, but we definitely had stolen cable. Yeah. And maybe sometimes we paid for it. I don't want to give my mother a bad name, but I definitely think she would steal cable if (laughs) it was avowed to her. Women in STEM. Because who is she harming? Comcast? Fuck them. Fuck them. I know. I get notifications sometimes and it's like... Wow, I just, I'm watching this woman. She just dropped all of her packages just no. right down the stairs as she was going up. Tumbled. Yeah, and the, she just turned around and looked at him and sighed like, oh, God. And I was like, honestly, I'd just go in the house. Honestly? And just hope me. that someone nice would just bring him up. Oh, my God. No, but she won't. Is she, she going back to yeah. get him? No, I'm just staring at her. <laughs> Poor girl. I, like, love when things... <laughs> like that happen like when you're alone and like you're just like you just like let out that sigh before you like have a mental breakdown every day and it's just like one of those things it just makes me laugh all right so before we get into this episode i wanted to (laughs) before we get into this episode it's been 15 minutes of before we get into this episode you say but you're saying that like we don't do this every week Right, but it was funny because you were like, before we get into this episode, and it's like, well. Right, like we do every mm-hmm. week. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, you're, now, we are over 100 and I believe 15 episodes into this podcast, and you're pretending as if you are, like, I don't think anyone listening was like, oh, this is unnormal. No, it wasn't unnormal. It's just funny. Well, the way you said it wasn't humorous, it was more like, woof, we better get into this. Maybe. <laughs> it's like. I don't know us to ever have started talking about Sex in the City. No, I don't think before we've ever started. Before our 30-minute mark, unless the episode's only 30 minutes long because we've got a deadline. Right. Much You're like right. last week's when we were like, look, we got to get out of here in 45 minutes. <laughs> um, I wanted to chat about TV finales. And like, as we go into this mm. one, are there ones you really like, you hate? And what do you think, like, what do you, as a show is ending that you love you want from a finale because going into this one i can slightly actually remember the excitement of watching it live Mm -hmm. finales are always really hard for me because like i have a hard time with like endings so like no matter what i kind of always feel a little like off about them disappointed like 
but it also is just I'm sad because it's ending. Allow so me it's a like sidebar. Have you seen yeah. the final season of The Crown? I haven't watched the last second part. I don't know what the fuck happened over there, but things went off the rails. Really? It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> Chris. It's six episodes and I'd say two of them are amazing. Is the Margaret one good? The Margaret one is odd, but beautiful. Okay. There's one about the prime minister and the queen that's great. Okay. Everything with Will and Kate is interminable. And I like those two dummies. I've seen on Twitter, like, they, they people were like, the crown really made people think that this love story. What love like, story? No, no, no. But they're saying, like, how we thought there was a love story. Like, there really isn't. <laughs> like, because her I mom was such a stage mom. I, and I didn't know Carol to be that way. Carol Middleton? But then I read that, well, I was going to say I read that book, and by read the book, I mean I read one paragraph of a Guardian article. <laughs> and then closed my computer and was like, I actually don't care about this woman that much. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's off to stuff, Carol. And not mm-hmm. in a way that was like, I think, again, it's a casting. She's not like someone fun who you want to see scheming around. But maybe she's that's Carol. A, I think the that's nasty Carol. schemer who is just like, oh, please sit down. Yeah. And I guess William was like, oh, I guess she's hot. So I like her. I don't want to say anything unkind about the actress who plays her, but I don't think she carries any of the innate charisma that, you know, Kate's got in real life. And I think we're not eating up with you much think there Kate already. Has charisma? Well, I don't think we're eating up with much there already. And then we got this woman who's got even less. So it's like, hmm. what are we doing here when we've got this woman who I wouldn't put on TV? In real life, and now we've cast her on television, and we did less, and I feel like we mm-hmm. did nothing with him, and Harry's a disaster. I, I heard Harry's like, a mess. But not in a way, again, that's like... Fun. It's like, just terrible. Like, I remember when he was bopping around and diddy bopping and making mistakes. We were all like, oh, woo, that's Harry. Like, there he goes with that swastika on. <laughs> And everyone, and only now in reflections, everyone's like, whoa, hold on, that was fucking crazy. That was a cry for help. (laughs) And, you know, some clear anti-Semitism that runs through that family, given the fact that he claims, and I don't think this is true from Spare, when he was like, I just didn't know anything about the Holocaust. That was crazy. It's like, sir, what? Harry. I didn't go to British school, but I have to imagine it came up once or twice. Um, his grandpa was a Nazi. Yeah, like he was related to Nazis. Like, what do you but he's mean? Like, just like I went and talked to this rabbi, and he enlightened me to the horrors of um. The, it's giving of, of uh, the Holocaust, and I was like, "You mean to tell me you would walk through life without understanding the horrors of the Holocaust?" That's like all I learned in school. It would be truly like if people were like, yeah, I don't know. It was crazy. I thought slavery was fun. Well, I guess that is the state of Florida. So mm-hmm. you land on some universal truths. So I guess I can't expect more for Harry than I can. Harry was government. definitely giving the 2020 we're learning and listening energy. He was giving, I understand, I'll never understand, but I'll stand. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> or that loose leaf Black Lives Matter sign. That Brent mm. Affleck held. <laughs> Grabbed from his yeah. binder, his composition notebook, and said, let's go, Anna. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? Okay, finales. finales. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you have trouble with closure. Is Are there any you love? Finales that I love? I mean, truthfully, I do love the Sex and the City finale. Um, it's I've, I, When I thought about it, there Outside was just more... Outside of this more... one, that, this is one of the few you can point to. Yeah. Wow. Because I'm, I'm trying to think, like... Now, this is going to sound wild, but, like, I really, like, avoid them all. You mean you never finish like, shows? <clears throat> no. Usually not. What do you mean? So if you are watching a show you live and it gets to the final season, you just stop. Sometimes. Like the Game of Thrones finale ruined me. But you that watched That whole it. last season. That I watched. Okay. I guess it's more of just like if I'm rewatching a show, like I avoid the last season usually always. Yes. Like I never revisit Gilmore Girls last season. I never revisit New Girls last season. I never visit Girls last season. Um. Well, that's I think a lot of girls that I just named. I think Girls and the problem. I never watched New Girls, so I can't judge that. Girls, I would say you're giving doing yourself a disservice because its last season is actually one of its strongest. Um, Gilmore Girls. I mean, season seven. I actually have it listed here as one of the ones that does not work for me. As well as like Seinfeld and one of the worst finales I ever did see was Scandal. A show that I loved that ended just, although I blame ABC for that more than Shonda, just terribly. You finished on the finale of, the fuck was that show you and Grace were obsessed with? About that couple in the old timey London? Queen Charlotte. Them oh, under that fucking yeah. bed. See, that was a finale I loved. But it was also a mini-series. or a Right. One, although, no, I think it's coming back for season two, I read. Queen Charlotte? I think I read that, and I was like, must or we? Or Bridgerton. No, Bridgerton's coming back for season three right. about those terrible people. I don't want to hear anything I'm right. about them. I, I, I think I can't even turn it on. That's insane. It's Bridgerton's great. I don't know. Like, I'm having a hard time even, like, remembering shows with finales. I think, (laughs) though, as much as I hate Gilmore Girls Season 7, because it's not Amy Sherman Palladino, I don't really even count Season 7. Whereas I would say Fall, the last installment of the movie, of the four movies, I think Mm -hmm. is a perfect finale to Gilmore Girls, particularly the last 45 minutes with the wedding and Emily and Lorelai's resolution, Kirk setting everything up and getting the text message from Lorelai saying it was perfect. And mm-hmm. then particularly when there's a moment when they're all at the house for some reason and Rory falls asleep in the living room and it's just Lorelai and Luke in the kitchen and it mirrors when Max fell asleep on the couch. And it shows mm-hmm. like Lorelai now has an emotional partner that isn't Rory that will stay mm-hmm. awake with her and contend to her in a way that Rory can't anymore. And I was right. like, see, now this is why we've come full circle. Then yeah. I also love the Mad Men finale. I think it uh, gives you enough fan service, which is really what I want in a finale. Just like, show me the characters doing what I've always liked them to be doing. But then it also sends Don to like a spiritual retreat where he talks about being in a refrigerator. (laughs) And then my favorite finale, and this is going to be very strange, is 30 Rock. Okay. An episode that I think completely matches the tone of the show, which means it's just joke, joke, joke. But then it ma- it has this emotional beat where Liz completely sums up, I think, why we like workplace comedies in general. And she says something along the lines of, um, 
you frustrated me and you drove me crazy and you made my life incredibly difficult. But because the human heart is not properly connected to the human head, I love you. And I think that is how we like working with people can be, which is like, mm -hmm. I do not like, I do not like you. I could not stand you for most of this time. But basic proximity has right. like made me grow to really love you and I am, but I know I'm not going to call you and I know we're not going to keep up and mm -hmm. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, it's always like, oh, we'll grab drinks or yeah. like whatever. And it's, I think that that, that show's happens. finale really captures the ethos of like what that show was about. And I'd say mm -hmm. the Parks and Rec finale is good, but it's too much of a steal from the Six Feet Under finale with the flash forwards. Mm. And lost, you know. People famously also don't like the Sopranos finale, I've read. Um, I don't think people don't like the how the Sopranos ends. Not the finale mm -hmm. itself is really good, the but the general? cut to black. Do you know how it mm -hmm. ends? No. Spoiler alert for the Sopranos. Tony is entering or someone enters a diner that could be there to kill Tony. And before you know, the show just cuts to black. Oh, wow. And that could mean... Anything. It happened. It didn't mm -hmm. happen. Many people called HBO actually that night, assuming their cable had gone out. Like, did it just confused people? Oh. And you know, people trickery. don't like, people don't like to be confused. Ambiguous endings are not for mm -mm. the masses. Although I and I love an ambiguous ending. Right. Um. Well, sometimes I like things explained to me. Though I thought the Crown's <laughs> ending was a little like. Truly, at one point, Philip just turns what? to the camera and tells and talks to us like, "Here's the like ending." Of the, he's like, "Here's the ending of the show. This is crazy." So when when does it end? Like, what period of time? It ends the day of Camilla and Charles's wedding. Okay, that's what I thought. <clears throat> um. All right. Well, I thought there'd be more finales you liked, but just this one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it it I just you haven't seen watched, it. I, exactly, like I just watched the last Harry Potter for the first time. Like I've always avoided it. Why? I don't know why I'm like that. I I just don't. You should get into like the last therapy. season of Mrs. Maisel. I haven't watched it. Like I don't want to think about an ending. Like I'm so weird. Oh, I just a, don't like it. That was a that was a that was a really good finale, actually. Then maybe maybe Amy Sherman Palladino and actually Bunheads has a great fina finale too. She maybe might she's really know that. She might really know how to stick the landing over there. Mm -hmm. I, I like have a hard time with that. Oh, see, I love finales. I get so emotional when I get to them, and if they're done well, they propel me actually right back to the beginning of the show. It's one of the reasons I'm so happy we do have the um, Gilmore Girls movies because for a long time I get to the end of season seven and just think. All right, I don't want to watch this show for a very long time because I just had to watch 22 episodes of that. Whereas mm -hmm. now I get to the end of fall and I'm like, yeah, I want to go right back to like the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully one day Grey's Anatomy ends. And actually, it doesn't matter. Even if it ends, there'll still be too much of it between what I like and right. when it ended <laughs> that I would never, I would have to watch seven seasons of the show I hate. That's crazy. Mm, season 20 coming to us in March 2024. Mm -hmm. Ellen Pompeo's coming back. <laughs> that woman. She's back for a few episodes. At least What's three out of the on? 10. 
Ellen Pompeo. She's going to um, come and she's going to go, whatever. Yeah. Keeping the lights on over at ABC. All right. Let's start talking about the specifics of the finale, the first part of the finale of Sex and the City. This is season six, episode 19, An American Girl in Paris, part un. We'll start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie leaves New York and Big behind for Paris. Samantha deals with hot flashes. Charlotte and Harry move forward with their parental journey. And Miranda's on the phone. She's taking rolling phone calls. <laughs> She's a phone operator. Yeah. She's, yeah. We see a lot of phone work. And so there's, it's hard to really, this one doesn't really have like an overarching theme because it doesn't have voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, because Carrie isn't writing her column, which I think is an interesting sort of way to enter us into the finale, unmoor us, take us out mm-hmm. of this world, or sort of not out of the world, but out of the structure of the typical world. How did you feel about opening with no voiceover? Did you miss it? Hmm. I don't think I missed it. Like I, like I do within just like that. I don't know why. I just like, it felt... It felt okay for me. Because the storytelling is clearer? Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a haze. Um, a hazy mess. Um, but yeah, I felt I felt fine. Um, how did you feel? Um, I certainly didn't miss it. And in fact, I thought in the Paris sections, it added to the disorienting nature of it. I did, however, I felt like it the episode lacked comedy. Oh, not a single out. And so I just thought like, oh, maybe there's at least there are those usual little puns and things she says during her voiceover that keep the voice of the show somewhat consistent. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like we were tonally all over the place. And also musically, I just felt like there was no organizing principle. Um, I will also say it is very rare if I have ever seen this episode without instantly watching the next one. And mm-hmm. so it felt like watching one half of, I mean, it is one half of two. Did they air the same night? Sex and the- I want to say no. I think they might have. You- have. Let's see. Do-do-do-do-do. God, this season was long. No, they did not. Wow. So I guess even better reason for us to have split them up because, yeah, you would have seen this and then would have had to wait a week for the resolution of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without that second half, this episode feels rudderless to me. It was like, it felt like you said disorienting. And I it also just felt like heavy, like, like I felt a weight. Uh, but not one that felt emotional. Like, I didn't feel particularly sad or happy. I didn't, but it just didn't feel, there was no buoyancy to it. And I suppose that that is what Carrie's voiceover adds. Sarah Jessica Parker's performance adds a certain joie, joie de vivre throughout the episode, just in her line readings, Mm -hmm. that picks us up and carries us to the next scene. And this just felt like, boom, 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 we're just heading over. Mm -hmm. And after 90... 90 weeks of the of like normal sex in the city with the voiceover sort of like where is it get it back in here 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Shall we talk about Samantha? Yeah. And we'll bypass talking about the clearly the opening scene with Carrie and Big and their goodbye, the farewell dinner, um, and get into the individual girls with Samantha is serving on the committee for a breast cancer benefit. And I have to say, I loved these women she had lunch with or dinner or whatever this was. I was like, get them on Rowney. Character for the ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, I do have to say, I remember this storyline going a bit of a different way. In what way? I, when I first watched this episode, it was really late at night and I wasn't taking notes. I just decided to turn it on. Mm -hmm. And I guess I confused it with the dildo episode. And I thought when she said, like, I was going to give them something like more inspiring and different, she was like going to pull out sex toys at the benefit. (laughs) And, like, it was going to be, like, that mixture of Samantha and, like, we don't need breast cancer cookies. We need orgasms. Like, it just, I was, like, which to me would have been better than that weird speech she gave. Yeah, I mean, the speech, like, what uh, Smith said, he was, like, it just doesn't feel like you. But like, then it's just, like. When it switched to her, did you like it? When she was just, like, oh, it's fucking hot. Now my face is dripping down my guitar. I mean, it's definitely like Michael Patrick King had his little grubby fingers all over this one, but it felt... Well, you're saying that like Kim Cattrall was supposed to write it. Right, but like, you could just tell that it was like, he wanted to give that a moment, and I mean, I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice. I don't know. I don't know. To me, it just felt sort of flat. Like, you took your wig off. I think in the maybe when it aired, like it was, it was really very, empowering. Maybe I think like so. It, yeah, maybe it, you, it's hard to divorce like this but, from its time. I did, however, think that this is exa- that scene as it plays out is exactly how Gertie is going to like get through her cancer. We will be at some benefit. She's going to have some speech where she's like, and you can Gertify it too, and rips her wig off. I think too. This is maybe the first time I've heard Samantha like complain about aspects of cancer. Like she's always like, well, said, she like, complained oh, I... about losing and potentially losing her breasts. Right. But she's always just like kind of made it like. And her hair. Yeah. But she's, she's, when she talks about it, she's like, you know, oh, like at least you don't have cancer. Like she makes it like a pun or like a joke, like in a story with Charlotte or Miranda or whoever. And, like, you never really hear her talk about, like, the side effects that she's experiencing, I don't think. Um, so this was, like, to me, it felt like the first time I've really heard her, like, acknowledge, like, this fucking sucks. I don't and know, but it was just can, played, but, like, like, it's okay but I guess that it sucks. that she's been kicked into early menopause. But yeah. it was like they were just playing it, like, mop sweat off her head. I was like, they, I don't know, it just... <clears throat> I, I, I it was a little too rom com for I me. I remember her cancer storyline being a lot more emotional. And I do mm-hmm. think some of that emotion really does lie in the next episode, I think. I hope with her sort of losing her sex drive and the flower that Smith gives her that blooms. Oh, I forgot about that. But then Smith, I'm just sort of like, why does everyone love him? He's, <laughs> because he's... He's, he's barely does... in this show. Right. He's uh, people remember him being in it way more than he is. And by people, you mean you, me. Yeah. I thought he was like a main character. I thought he was at the lunch with the girls. Well, you also like, thought Doctor Robert was in every episode. I sure did. 
like there were just certain characters that I just really were like, wow, they're really in this. And they were in it for maybe two episodes, three episodes. Um, but the yeah, I remember the cancer storyline being way more emotional with and Samantha way more than it impactful. Was. I just mm-hmm. this was not Sarah Braverman on um, Parenthood. Was it Sarah who no. got cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was took us all for a journey. Did you see that finale? That was a good one. I saw the Parenthood finale. Yeah, that one. We've got like a thousand that, different uh, stairs. That show would like. I feel like that woman who dropped her groceries down. Oh my stairs. god. <laughs> Take a long sigh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just you know, Smith was like, "You got to keep it real, motherfucker. Keep it real in your speech." And then I didn't think Samantha kept it real enough. And I, I thought she, she should have given real. dildos out or something. I just felt like let's bridge Samantha in here. Yeah. Did Carrie go to a dildo expo and then just like that season two for widows? Mm-hmm. It was like a sex toy. <laughs> expo or something to like hawk her book with dildos Mm -hmm. and why was che there to support okay not to do their stand-up comedy no like to support carrie it wasn't (laughs) dildos by way of carrie's widow book by way of che's stand-up comedy yeah um remember when che did that comedy about miranda and was like she wanted to fuck me up the ass And Miranda was like, I the fuck out of here. <laughs> what is it just like that? I don't rewatch it. Because sometimes like, like every episode actually, we bring up something like a storyline from just like that. And I'm like, I have to rewatch. I need to rewatch that episode. Or when she or when they were doing their pilot with Tony Danza and they came up and were like, you fucked up the family scene. Yeah. <laughs> And then Miranda's like, Brady's dying in Europe. <laughs> and you and I got on the mic that week and we said, This is a we love beautiful Miranda. episode. <laughs> we were like, This is the best we've seen her. Oh, she's on that. She's off that beach with Oliver Hudson and back in her bag, baby. Then she got to that picture ta- Che and Oliver Hudson being married. Remember, they got she, Miranda got that tattoo that said MH, but we never saw it on the show itself. Never. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh or on the MILF list. Oh my god, the MILF list. What and you and I were convinced Rock wrote it in the beginning, and then we were like, oh, this like hot high schooler did. And then all the moms are like, we fuck him. I was like, what's going on? Oh, I can't wait for season three. 2025. Like, get, get here, <laughs> please. You know. You know. All right, let's chat about Charlotte and I, her closest companion in this episode, and I suppose that would be big. Yeah. So Charlotte and Harry are moving forward with private adoption, and they're getting references together. Harry's friend, the judge, is going to give one, and Carrie is going to get one. Now, I did pause when Charlotte stopped by to get Carrie's recommendation, and I got to say, the little sort of just like they're good people they'll be okay parents and i like them <laughs> like for a writer it was sort of just like it's like she googled what to put in a Chat parental GPT. recommendation like when you like and it, actually this is a piece of advice for people as someone who has received at a period in a period of my life a lot of condolence cards do not google what to write in a condolence card and then write the first thing you see not to because a your cards will all read the same 
mm-hmm. eventually leading the person to be like, this is a lot of the same language. Mm-hmm. What to write in a condolence? Ah, there you guys go. Yeah. We're so sorry for your loss. Thinking of you during comma, I'm like, at least they got the punctuation down. Yeah. And also, would you um have a sex columnist write you a recommendation for your kid? Um, I guess also she no. is a New York Times bestselling author at this point. Right. And I think we're leading with that. Hopefully. <clears throat> and not yeah. Googling and like... seeing, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's my, in my professional opinion, 69. The last time 69 well, was popular was in 1969. And Carrie wrote about Charlotte. Mm, getting her back blown out. Mm. Constantly. <laughs> so, By her yeah. husband. Yeah. So, you know, not exactly who I would think of. I would definitely be more of like a Miranda. Like, I think that would be such an interesting, actually, and just like that storyline. Like, have... What's their daughter's name? Lily? Yeah. Have to do some sort of research project, and she decides to read her column, Carrie's columns, from the 90s. That would be fun. And she... Not even, it's not even like a, oh my God, mom, like this was like not appropriate and mm-hmm. me too and things like, please, we don't need like, and just like that's a version no. of that. But even just like, it's how dare you lecture me on these things when, you know, you were dealing with this man who was talking about pulling his dick like Laffy Taffy. You stupid bitch, you stupid whore. Yeah, your ex-husband wanted, was fucking you up the ass on the golf course. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, I wonder if, like, Lily knows about Trey. You know what I mean? Like They gotta get him back for that. For I, I don't understand like why so Trey isn't getting divorced and Harry, he walks into Harry's office. I don't get why we're not on the show. Like, in the writer's room. Doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, so Charlotte goes over for this letter and she hears the voicemail from Big. What did you think of it? <sighs> Big is down bad. Big is down really bad. We'll talk and, about his sort of earlier behavior. Yeah, in a I mean, we'll get to that. But I like that it's him and Charlotte. Because she's like the hopeless romantic one. Like she's the one that's going to pick up the phone and be like, hi. Like Once she hears the love word. Yeah. Like she's like, you know, let's talk. And um, I love that. What did you think? A, I've still never seen in my entire goddamn life a voicemail machine like this. Where it's just like, listen to my voicemail. I understand they exist. Don't write into me. I got it. Yeah, like we know they're real. But it just is so funny to me, the idea that it also just seems like something I would never want. I'm wandering around my apartment. If I've chosen to ignore your call, I don't want to listen to the voicemail. Mm -hmm. But that's Um, how they were. And it's crazy that you used to be able to dial into your voicemail from like far away. You can still do that. (laughs) Yeah, but like no one has a home phone. If If you wanted to call your voicemail from your cell phone from mine, you could. Really? Yeah. Or like, I, I or like during COVID, I called my office phone to check my voicemails from here. Oh. Yeah. It's just, you just Tag. press like I think star, and then you Women have to put in, in a password. It's not okay. <laughs> I just like thought that that was like a crazy thing, but apparently it's. And not. I guess screening it to me, it's crazy. You could just answer the phone mid voicemail. Can you do that on a cell phone? No. 
Right. Like you can't leave a voicemail to I have said, like, I don't want to talk to you or it's gone all the way through. Imagine if someone was mid voicemail and you just answered like, actually, hey, you you what you said deemed (laughs) I've now deemed important enough to speak to you. Yeah. Crazy. That actually seems sort of nice. Like justify why I need to answer. Well, that's how it wasn't when Harry met Sally. But I guess that's what text messages are. Like just text me before you call me. Justify why I need to basically lift my neck to speak to you. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I don't mind it. I also love that it, you know, connects to the first movie where it's Charlotte that brings them together again uh, through Rose. Right? Or is it? Li- no, Lily no, comes from this one. Rose. Rock. Uh, rock now. Um, so, no, I don't mind it. The thing I found odd is why the fuck is Carrie's computer there? That's what I didn't understand. Like they said, there are other uses for computers than writing. Well, Charlotte was like she left it on the bed, like that. I think that but that's supposed to signal Carrie, like it wasn't a permanent. I think it's supposed to be Carrie's. Maybe like she's forgetful. Is she only using that computer to write? Does she have no other use for a computer? I don't it, think it could Carrie's be. like on the Google machine. And yeah, and she's not on email. We know she's not on email because Louise from St. Louis gets her set up on that. Mm-hmm. Although we've seen her shoe girl 56 or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> but I don't think she's yeah. keeping up with that with Aiden. No, 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 no. Um, I think she just has Microsoft Word. Yeah, it. it's just, and she's always got it at like 200 screen. <laughs> <laughs> Tip tapping away. So then Big shows up and gives a speech to the girls. Of course, it's very cute when he says, you know, you guys are the loves of her life and any guy would be lucky to come in fourth. They give him a hard time, particularly Samantha. I thought it was interesting. Miranda is, um, and of course, this is set up and we'll chat about their phone call in a second. But it's interesting. Miranda is the, I wouldn't say she's docile, but she's not as hostile as you think she would be towards him, because mm-hmm. she's always been so Team Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, team just anti-big. Yeah. No, but also, like, I think pro-Aiden. Like, pro-Aiden, but like, for sure, but just one, in general. I think it's early in season five when she says, well, of course she was going to be with Aiden, and Charlotte says big, and Samantha right. stays quiet because she's the audience with sense who's like, maybe neither of these bozos. Yeah. Then we get that classic, go get our girl. I was thinking about that so much when she delivered that line. It's like, how do you deliver a line like that and not make it sound like so, like, cheesy? You didn't think it was cheesy? I think she had to work really, really hard to not make it sound I like think really Cynthia bad. I Nixon spun gold out of shit. I think so, too. That's what she does in The Gilded Age. And then just As like Anita. that. Remember when she yeah, looked like into that pillow talking about, like, how her life was... Oh crumbling God, apart was... and I was sobbing and then I went yeah. back and was like again did I just watch this woman take shots get fingered like a bunch of weed blown in her mouth and then finger banged <laughs> while her best friend pissed the bed yeah now I'm like sure. well, crying about like the fact that life passes us by <laughs> she's beautiful like, but I really thought about it because it did feel cheesy but it felt like very like and no, I mean, it's I the know, Avengers right. Assemble, go get our girl. Like, it's giving it Endgame. Is, it is the lean in. 
But why don't they go get her? They can't. They know it. See, that's where she, I'm like... She would be like, you guys... She would, I think, be like upset. See, now that's where I disagree. I think they should have gone in, murdered Alex. But I also think that they're like, like the, we also have lives. They like, should have been like Ocean's Eleven. They steal her out of there. I just think like Carrie would have been really defensive if they had shown up. I disagree. And I don't think she would have. And we'll get into why in a moment. But I just feel like you guys go get our girl. Big, but Big wanted to go get her. Also, you can't trust Big. Who knows what he could have come back with? He could have come back with another Natasha. He could have <laughs> been like, she looked like Carrie. I, I don't know. I don't. Couldn't he, find her. He could have been like, actually, I ended up in London. I decided putting it was a lot too- of faith in him. Yeah, he's like, it was Heathrow. Something happened. I live here now. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm back at the vineyard. Somebody mm-hmm. tell her to call me if she's single again for some phone sex. Like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, they've put a lot of trust in him. Um, but of course, it's great. It's not the very end of the episode, but it does sort of propel us into the ending of this one and to the next one. Mm-hmm. So let's get into Ms. Bradshaw and Miranda okay. and more big. Yeah, they're kind of all like wrapped up. Except Samantha, because at this point, they are not on screen together. No, never. So we open with Carrie packing for Paris, and she's preparing about one million outfits, Mm -hmm. and we find out that she and Miranda have made up. I actually really do love the subtle way they do it, which is that it's been three weeks. We know from Alex saying that he's been there that long. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they have this sort of easy rapport about it, the mercy boo, please don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I just think, like, that's sort of the nature of friendship. You can have a big fight. But then if it's like, well, you are, like, we need to find our way through this. And that it happens all off screen feels very um, real. hmm And then she heads outside. Oh, my God. Or no, we hear from Big on the voicemail first. Yeah. yeah. And she and he, he says, my number is, and she deletes it before he says it. Yes. Then she heads outside, and he rolls down that window and says, I was in your neighborhood. Don't you think she should have asked, like, why? Like, I would have been like, you live in California. Like, why are you even here? I think she's just like, what the fuck do you want? Like, she, I know she's aloof and, like, preoccupied, but... This is this man. I would be like, get the like. That would have been my first question before I got in the car. Is like, what are you even doing here? I think she just knows what he's doing there, and she's just like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't. But she does. Have this conversation. She's lying because she right. got her dumb ass in the car. I want to do <laughs> like. So when she was acting all exasperated, I was like, well, there was a clear option. You could have said, I don't know what you're doing in this neighborhood. You don't even live in this state anymore. The last time I saw you, you were an asshole, and I haven't talked to you since. Deuces. Yeah, not deuces. All this explanation she's giving him, I'm like, what are you doing, dummy? Yeah, but that's Carrie, you know? Like, why are you explaining yourself? That's Carrie. I mean, it is, but I was just like, this is, see, this is, this is how this man has you. Here you are again, explaining yourself to a man like an idiot. Mm -hmm. And then she gets in the car. 
It is nice to see this sort of roles reversed, particularly in the script. At one point, after she says he's moving, after she says she's moving, he goes, wait, 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 which is a direct, that is exactly how she replies on the bed when Mm -hmm. he's packing. Then there's the, were you even going to tell me, which is what she says with the pizza when she goes over right before he moves to Napa. And so it's completely reversed. And yet again, she does not hold or wield the same power he did in those situations. <clears throat> no, because you can tell that she's... um That this is getting at her. But she, like, can't. She, like, she doesn't want to show it as much. And so I guess trying, you could but... argue, and this is something I think about a lot of the time in Gilmore Girls, that Lorelai has power over Emily really through access to Rory and her and, like, information. The power that Lo- Emily wields over Lorelai is language mm-hmm. and how to she can cut her like no one else. And at the very least... Carrie does get her some good licks in here. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are going to stay and talk, at least she... No, they weren't good enough. But they were They and were. she good. spent too much time talking. But mm-hmm. she did the best a dummy can do. Right. Mm-hmm. But, she, I mean, to be fair, for someone who's a writer, she's not a very good speaker. Right. She's not she's not she's always saying something dumb. Always. And you know, he's trying to apologize and she just keeps telling him she's like it's fine. Like I, we don't need to do this. We don't need to, I don't need you to apologize to me. Like I just need you to leave me the fuck alone. And let me just live my life. But she doesn't even really say that. She of says she doesn't. She says I well that's what you just said she said. Well, it's like that's what she's like meaning to say, but she doesn't say but those she, things. But like, but I got the vibe. It would be one thing if she said the middle part where you just said, which is "and leave me alone." Mm-hmm. But what she sort of says is, "It's fine, it's fine, it's fine." Then she misses to create the causality of what he did that gets her to. Forget my name, forget my number. Like, she doesn't stick the landing in terms of, you've done this, this, and this. That has created this situation in which I don't ever want to see you again. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's just, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You know what? Forget my name. Forget this house. I don't live here no more. And it's like, well, don't you... Still, well, I guess yeah. not anymore. Finally, yeah, but she still has it, and she will be back. I'm sure. Yeah, we know, <laughs> we know she will. Her and shoe, and then she runs away. And after she says, "I," her parting line, which is something like, "And you can drive up and down the street because I don't live here anymore." And there is a nice moment where the cab pulls up just as she's getting to the end of the street. Which is, of course, incredibly convenient because they need a way to get her out of the scene. But also reminds me of when they're in the hospital with Natasha and the doors open as she says, we need a new word for over. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the city is saying, you need to leave. 
Like mm-hmm. the doors are open, the cab is here, get away from him. Yeah. And I do like that sort of callback <clears throat> there. And I just think it was like a really relatable moment for so many women and men just like who've been in that situation where like that one person keeps coming back like when you're okay. And it's like it, it was it's just kind of really powerful i don't know to see that like to see someone like carrie like who so many people like look up to like just say what everyone feels like do you have like some kind of radar on me like do you know when i'm okay and that you keep coming back to ruin my fucking life allow me a piece of advice to all of you people who are identifying with this that's Mm -hmm. only happening because you all are leaving the door open of course so you need to look at yourselves and why the door is open Mm because can nobody come visit if the door is closed and locked? They just mm-hmm. hang out outside and you look at them like, oh, it's nice you're out there. But yeah, yeah, if you leave the door open and unlocked, unlocked and better yet, sometimes just wide open, mm-hmm. yeah, the piece of shit's gonna mosey on in. And then you're like, however did you get here, robber? <laughs> Not robber. Yeah. And then act dumb. Like, yeah, she is. Well, here. she's always she's always had the the door open and she's always or she's but always just opened the door. You just said a belies that somehow the person ends up there without any. Active I understand. Work from I, you. I understand you, both of them. A royal you or yeah. we. Yeah, because I'm sure you've never done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then we go to. This Last Supper. And I gotta say, I don't know if it's because I've just seen it so many times that it just can't. I do really like the Carrie breakdown moment. It feels enough true to your point of like where her emotional state is. Because by the way, everything I just said is like idealistic. In the real world, there are people who make mistakes and television should reflect those. And so I think the idea that Carrie feels like he is just circling around like a shark waiting to like ruin my happiness is um, a valid way that a lot of people do feel. Mm -hmm. But her speech I found to be a little less, I felt it to be really underwritten. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, what if I had never met you all? It's like, well, then we wouldn't have watched the show, I guess. Yeah. Charlotte carries the scene for me, like with just her emotion. Like it feels very raw and it feels definitely like Kristen Davis is, is sad feeling that the, the show end of the is show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It feels like the rest of them are like, click clock. Well, let's do it. Samantha's Oprah. like, let's go. <laughs> When's the Oprah special? Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm so sick <laughs> of this show. Yes, exactly. Um, one thing I also wanted to note, and of course they set this up because it's 530 when they're having dinner, but that restaurant is dead empty. And I think it also has to do with them wanting to keep the set fair, pretty minimum, mm-hmm. given everything they're talking about, because there's not one other guest in that restaurant near them. Like there no. are people in the background at the bar and then the waiters. But other than that, it's like not a table in there. Yeah. Um, but of course they do set that up within the text of the show. But I don't know. I just remember, again, and it could be having seen this one million times. 
I'm sh- I sobbed the first time with the music and the mm-hmm. what if I'd never met you. But now it just feels like there should be something. Um, the far more emotional line about their friendship and the hearkening back to. Um, is it the season? Is it? It's not a season opener with her birthday. But it's when they have. When they Maybe go it is birthday. a season opener when they go out for her birthday. Maybe the season three opener. And mm-hmm. they're out for her birthday and they talk about soulmates comes mm-hmm. from Big, not her. Um, and I thought that just this would have been a great way to reference that. And like, I'm leaving. I know I'm leaving New York, but a part of my heart, will, you all will always be here. But it just sort of felt like. If this is the place where if if you're going to put the schmaltzy music on, which they did, right to the schmaltzy music. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, we better clean up. It's like, well, there's nobody in this fucking restaurant to even see you all. <laughs> yeah, it was empty. <laughs> and we didn't even get to see them eat dinner. I do wish that we'd seen them having like some fun. Yeah, it wasn't or if I mean, even they, Samantha was like, oh, do you want another drink? And she was like, no, want to get on the plane. I'm like, they've okay. eaten a full meal. So has Carrie been talking about Big this entire time? You know it. it Miss Obsessed. It would have also been nice maybe if we had done something like the way we were a moment. We see them a bit looser and tipsy. It just felt like, where's the fun? No fun. Well, that's what Alexander Lexi said before she went out that window. Yeah. <laughs> no one has fun anymore. Um, So, I don't know. I was left a little wanting in a rewatch of it, but in terms of my memory, I remember loving this scene. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to the apartment and we say our goodbye. And I thought this was of the... This one? The first movie and in Just Like That the most lackluster of the goodbyes to the apartment. Agreed. It's not even empty. I think like, why supposed- wouldn't they let her, why wouldn't they make the decision to have her sublet it just to give us the emotional impact? They were like, look, we know this bitch is coming back in three days. <laughs> we cannot sublet this apartment. But it just doesn't have any emotional wallop because her stuff is not gone. No, it's like she didn't they leave. can't even do a full pan of the apartment because it looks exactly the same. I'm just like, I thought she left the lights on. Yeah, I mean, she left her laptop and she in. left everything there. It was like, it was like she never, it's like she was just going out for drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Which effectively, I guess the trip to Paris was that. Right. Um. So I don't know. It just watching it i was like oh this is so funny because so clearly she will be back by the end of this show Mm -hmm. and they don't want to have to re i explain why the apartment is redressed and re-hers again Mm -hmm. and then we're in paris Mm. now i will give this show major adieu for us actually going to Paris. Right. It does feel good. Like, I was like money. Like, I did feel like, good, we're in this We're not hotel. on like a set. We're not, we're not in LA, but we're not on that back lot. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, that corner of Rockaway Beach where they shot Gre- Grease in season two of and Just Like That. <laughs> right. Uh, and if it was Grease, how dare they choose that sliver of hell they found. <laughs> 
yeah no it felt like okay we're like really here yeah it felt like okay we sent a unit over okay Mm -hmm. i would if i was the other girls have been best (laughs) (laughs) we gotta stay in the winter in new york and Mm -hmm. bitches going to paris yeah and we're sending fucking ham if i was cynthia nixon i would have been like so you mean to tell me i have to lean into the camera and say go get our girl and i don't get to go to paris no you stay your ass here you'll be bathing and mira with a piece of pizza in her mouth Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so she arrives she heads into the hotel and she's wearing a costume that i think of constantly because michael patrick king in the commentary said something that has stuck with me for years which is is that the hat she is wearing looks more ridiculous the scene the, the longer the scene goes on and if you chart it it really does like the more co- discomfort carrie feels the worse she looks in that hat mm-hmm. it sort of reminds me of at one point in the devil wears prada anna hathaway is wearing like a cat like a like a prada newsboy cap with like a black and white top yes and she looks so foolish in this hat embarrassed embarrassing it's like in that movie and like that's that woman's not, hat not that <laughs> no the hat is not that because like when she first breezes in you're, you're like, like okay, that like, hat is stunning and then yeah, like, and like by chic. the time she's talking to chloe you're like who is this clown literally this? like a clown a paris a parisian clown and she walks in she sees alex cuddled up to his daughter in a way that i didn't feel comfortable I feel like, you know, you're going to cuddle. My love, my life, you know? Chris, they were, I mean, they were so snuggled up. Carrie thought it was like a lover. <laughs> like, like it was oh, weird. So you know, of course, I knew it was his daughter, but I was also like, Carrie, this man is a hundred years old. Okay. This isn't Dusty Elder. Yeah, but women love him. Okay. The only woman we've seen who love, the only two women we've seen who are like, are down to fuck him are Samantha and um, Enid. This I mean, girl, Charlotte even said he's hot. This girl is... Girl, but... Wani? Yeah, but she's like, oh, maybe we're in Paris, and this is like... I just like was like... Parisian I, Carrie. I, I would, if I saw that girl of that age, I'd be like, I'd start with... I started with granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have started with, like, stranger who found him wandering on the street with a cigarette in his ear. Oh my God, Chris. I like he just like this man is, and I know I have defended him, but as the episodes go on, he is becoming less and less like sexy and more doddering old man. Yeah, like more, yeah. Like Ken Todd. Like Rumble Salt Skin. Like he's just like when he was in that apartment, the hotel room, I was still like, this is the nanny. This is an old man. He's like the nanny and the professor, just like two people wandering around, bonking heads. yeah it was you know and then like they start making out and she's like but like who's this girl (laughs) like what's going on carrie's so out of she's so uncomfortable in paris yeah and so she sits with chloe and chloe's clearly dismayed that she doesn't speak french alex has not set carrie up well as you said by basically mauling her in front of his daughter Mm mm-hmm and also putting her out like she's really dramatic and she's got man problems. <laughs> Be like, Dad, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> this is kind of and I hate to even like talk about them but like Harry and Megan like this is how I kind of feel like Harry was with Megan what like he didn't like ever like help her along in this journey he just like expected her to like oh I thought you meant Alex and Chloe were Harry and Megan I was like I don't no 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 I was like I don't see any connection but just like in the sense of like like how Alex like maybe like they're both young gals like he just kind of like expects her to like oh like this we're in a new country this is a new language she is a 38 year old woman right who moved there of her own volition I know, but it's like, I think she would expect like a little bit more like home. I think he expects her to be, I think he expected someone who was more worldly. And I think particularly navigating New York, as you have seen and cannot do, is a difficult thing. (laughs) And there's a certain um, confidence that comes with it once you are capable of that. That I think he's just assumed, like, yeah, okay, come to, you are an adult, I can leave you alone. For example, when I think it is batshit insane, and if someone told me, hey, I am going to spend the afternoon with my daughter, you can, and then you said, no, I'm going to translate. No, the translation will be too much. I'll go upstairs. I said, I have something for later with work. I'll eat late and then we'll have a late dinner. I would not I expect you clear. to sit in the room waiting for me for what seemingly is 12 hours. Yeah, she said she was 10 hours. That's your Petrovsky to go. Yeah, but this is just Carrie's insecure again. It's like she's the. Uh, she there's needs... a difference between insecurity and ineptitude. <laughs> I think she. I think she had this idea that like when she got there, like it would be them and they would be this. Like she really romanticized Paris. They were barely like that in New York. I know, but I think Carrie. I'm like Carrie's interpreter because I'm Carrie. I think Carrie was like, okay, like I'll come take a nap and then like maybe he'll come up and see me or like whatever. She could turn like, her phone off. Do not disturb. I know. Trust me, I'm not making excuses. Like big when he couldn't remember his own phone number, so he was carrying it around. It's like, are these people well? No. There are some just basic human functions. Now, I applaud her for not being super angry when he's like, your phone was on Do Not Disturb. Like, I mean, she definitely was angry when he got there. Right. I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think he did either, but I think she was like, wow, this is my first day in New York. In Seems Paris, there I am defending him again. That daughter, yeah. man. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like you are an adult. Like, go figure it out. Go figure it out. Go have, you're in an exciting new city. You've wanted to visit your entire life. And the only thing you can muster is going out to the balcony and screaming at the Eiffel Tower you just saw. Yeah, I just think she had this idea that maybe they would. If I had been that neighbor next door, together. I would have reached out and thrown my bucket of water at her. I also think like getting there and him already having plans like with his daughter that he's also he's been there for three weeks. Like if I had just gotten there, I'd be like, can we just spend time together? Like, can you not spend time with her? But that's I've the point her. of her going of, is that she is now in his life, right? And the same way he had to make dinner for her dopey um. 
friends yeah, and their she was, ugly boyfriends. They weren't even in each other's lives last time. They were just like in their own lives with each other. I will that I think is really interesting that I, I like about this episode and the next one is is that we instantly get and by going to Paris, we get a window into Alex's life that mm-hmm. we never get into Big Burger or um, Aiden's. But, well, pre. Him crying in the car about Wyatt. <laughs> I hate it. Okay, yes. Mm. I'm going to leave my son to come to All right, I'll dinner. be at that dinner party in 10 minutes. Um, But that we meet his daughter, his ex-wife. We have this huge sense of his friendship circle and professional life in a way that, like, I still don't really understand what Big does. For someone in finance, which, to my knowledge, does not require travel, he's never not working from the back of a town car. And we never know. And we'll never know. And, and Aiden is not only a furniture maker, but he seems to deliver the furniture himself. On his, with his truck. Oh, and that fucking dog. Thank God Pete, well, just didn't join us. I mean, just like mm-hmm. that. He crossed the rainbow bridge. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to say anything bad about Pete. No, no. Petey no. boy. He's already gone through enough. Yeah. He's, he's, he's seen a lot. The streets of New York. Yeah. Running wild. And then he had to come home, you know? Although yeah. he would go to Aiden's house, not Carrie's. Uh, <laughs> although, may, is, although, is he, li- although I'm like, oh, wait, maybe he lived, maybe he, they had already moved in together. And I'm like, well, no, I don't think they had. And B, it's not like fucking dogs get a change of address card and they're like, right, now I live here. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 he'd moved in. So he, the dog definitely is aware of Carrie's address. Yeah, he's, He's aware. Didn't he also, like, come up the stairs? Like, how did Aiden get him? Maybe he was just outside barking, and then Aiden, like, popped his head out. That's crazy. He should have broken up with her. I would have dumped anyone. dog owner would have packed their bags and been like, you will never see me again. If if anyone ever, if that happened to Ruby, we would never, I would never speak again. Well, if you lost someone's dog, the first thing you do is tell them. You mm-hmm. do not wander around, then come back and just like, you're like, hey, how are you? And you're like, I smoked some cigs. <laughs> like, what? Um. So I don't know. I didn't really care for Carrie in this whole mess. I did love the Milfie dress, though. I thought she looked gorgeous. It's completely impractical, and I don't know where it was in any of those bags. But who cares? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't even wrap my... I've, it's found literally myself thinking the most about unpackable that, and I was like, you dress know what? I've ever seen. I don't even understand. It must have originated in Paris. I don't even understand how they got it there. Maybe its own plane. Also, like, you're wearing that to dinner? Well, to me, that makes sense. Remember when she came out in that crazy skirt and was like, I'm fully vaccinated to go, like, down the street to get <laughs> dumplings? And it was like, ma'am, what is happening? She does the most... And I'm sure he was going to be in, like, jeans and a t-shirt with his cigs. Yeah, like, oh, okay. um, I do love how much everyone's smoking. Everyone's Like, smoking. Chloe had, like, nine cigs in one scene, and I was really appreciative of it. I saw so many smokers in New York. It, I've never been a smoker, but I really think it's a great way to spend your time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and if you want to take it up, I support you. I would rather you smoke a cigarette than vape 24 hours a day. 
I'd rather you do that than like people plaque. vape like it's it's fucking insane how much people vape. it's so much chicer to smoke than just puff on your usb and i don't port. care if it's a new port i want to see a cig out of your mouth fuck. yeah i just think it's see- i would I think rather you smoke chicer. one cigarette a day than than puff puff oh see no a- if you're gonna smoke i want you like i like Chain someone who's just them. like yeah like okay <laughs> But in Constantly a fun way, not. but that's what I liked about Chloe. It was like, wait, didn't she just finish one and light one up again? When I see someone smoking indoors, I get a thrill. My like hands start you, to shake. Where do you ever see that? In some places that are off the beaten path, you'll see someone I was smoking say, indoors, was and like, you're just like, wow, that person is strong. And it's always like the strangest woman you've ever seen, or like an always. elderly woman. Mm-hmm. It is like the ghost of Chloe. Because I don't think Chloe's with us anymore. Hmm. (laughs) So then we head over Dior's way. And we've got our big fall. I thought it was fun. I have fun. It was fun. I liked liked the lady's face when she was like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) I did think on the whole, all the French people could have been ruder as a fun, like, trope. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I love in, Ju- in um, Julie and Julia how mean all the French people are. That always makes me laugh. Like, ooh, Madame Shield, the Americans will like you of cooking because you can't cook. I'm like, oh, look, bitchy French people. This is like a fun conceit. I think we're supposed to think that. No, the doorman, like that bellman or hop guy, or, he's so friendly. And I'm like, he should have read her dumbass for filth. Right. But yeah, she's mortified. You know, she fell in Dior, so she had to buy everything. And she loses the carrying necklace. And Alex is like, is it insured? Like, I'm on the phone. Well, and then like to hear, like, he's obviously busy. She says she loses her necklace that she got in a street fair that's worth pennies. And then she does something that's unforgivable. And somebody else did this. And it turned my stomach to such an extent that I could never forgive them either. And now I never want to see them on my television again. And that is Jenna Lyons. And it's when a grown person speaks in a baby voice. Oh. Like when she'd be like, oh, the baby. That makes me stop my And at one turn. point, here, he goes, oh, poor baby. And she goes, oh, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> And it's like, what's wrong? What is this? What What is happening? <laughs> Do you remember this? When she's like, she makes like a little baby face to him and like pouts and goes over. And it's like, the, you all... You're 38. It's disgusting. This man is 89. If he's a day. Mm-hmm. This this is madness. I know. Um, and so I had to write both of them off when I saw that was that boo boo gaga. Yeah, that goo goo gaga nonsense. <laughs> yeah. When I see that baby generator coming. And so she's really upset and she calls Miranda to tell her that life in Paris is harder than she thought. And I just thought, well, you dumb bitch. Like she's been there a day and a half. And I guess she's upset because he's not like fucking sucking her teats. But I don't even, I mean, she's just like, she's like, no one seems to care that I lost my my necklace. necklace. It's like, it's colder than I, and it's cold, and I've been to all the I'm like, museums You live already. in New York. It's fucking cold there, too, bitch. Yeah, she's like, you didn't come from Napa, sweetie. This isn't no, like Montecito. you're not moving from, right, Tallahassee. Like, well, we went two different places. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, that's what I, I just like. 
The call to Miranda, like, I, I guess just I just am annoyed remember the by. call from Miranda being in the second episode after the montage. Right. It feels like, does she the ever have she any good times at in Paris? Girls. The way she stares at those girls. And they're, they're so disgusted. But I guess she never has fun in Paris. They never... And I guess I remember having more fun than I am. Yeah, no. And then she shares, I can't stop thinking about what it would be like if I was here with Big. And I was like, well, he was there to work too, so probably not that different. Yeah, he's terrible to you. And also has a job that is affording you all of this. Right. Like, Alex is, like, launching his new, like, gallery thing. let me be clear, bitch. The reason you don't have anything to do is because you quit your job. Also, ma'am, you're Which they a, told you not to. Also, you are a writer. Sit your ass down and write. Oh, wait, you forgot in. your computer. She's just acting like she has no, like, agency. autonomy. Yeah, yeah, agency over, like, this no, situation. Autonomy was a good word. Thank you. And it's just, like, it felt like she's just, like, this is all happening to me. It's, like... Yeah, but like you're a grown woman, like right. That's what I was go, saying earlier. Go she, into a cafe and have a drink and meet a friend. Meet buy someone. a new like, computer. You just spent ninety million dollars on Dior, right? You can afford a new she computer. She just like wants everyone to like surround her and like be obsessed with her at all times. Like the next episode, I mean, she's excited because people like her book. Now, I will say, I know those French people are bitchy because isn't it like she doesn't show up and then they show up and they've like trashed her book and put like glasses of wine all over it. That's yeah. They're, but she's like really just like late. poured wine directly on it and pissed on it. They're, well, she, put she was going to cancel. Out. She wasn't even going to go. I know. But then she showed up and they had trashed her book. and were like, fuck her. Well, Let's then go. don't do that. She's just acting Vive like, la France. She is acting like goo goo gaga, like, I don't know what I'm doing on these streets of Paris. It's like, yeah, go eat giving, a baguette. She's giving very stupid baby. Right, bitch, go eat some cheese. Go to a You are po- in, like, a go make cuisine some capital of the world. She could be she's making parfum. Yeah, Look like you said, would, how different would it be there if you were with Big? I don't think Probably it would be that, that different. different. He would speak English. Go to La Chocolat. I, and then she gets like offended when his friends like speak French in front of her. Well, we'll get to that. I guess we're there actually. So we're there. <laughs> yeah, we're there. <laughs> so he gives her this beautiful necklace, which she does appreciate. It's diamonds. She puts it on, and then her friend, his friends arrive. And I wrote, I've never seen a more beautiful woman than this woman who sits down. I want to follow her for a million years. Why isn't the show about her? What's going on? <laughs> I know. Well, so they're talking. She was also with a dusty elder. And he's also just like, you know, it will be just us. Like, we just have to get through this. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as. Yeah. And it's like, that should be understood when you get there. And it seems like he only does gallery exhibitions every 50 years. Like, it seems. Yeah, they're all like, this is a big deal. Yeah, it seems to be a really big deal. So if you can just get through it. And by the way, it seems to be in the next few days. Right. Like the lead up to something, to the premiere of something is always incredibly stressful. Um, Again, you think Carrie would understand that as an artist, like deadlines. But then, you know, I mean, I do get the annoyance of probably feeling like really left out of the conversation. And I do think that the the final beat, both in terms of how it's directed and um, Sarah Jessica Parker's acting, does a really good job of putting you 
in Carrie's mindset, you really do feel the sense of isolation mm-hmm. and the suffocation. And and I will say is like I've never well, no, I've been around a man who spoke a different language with people who spoke that language and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um however, I just simply lived in my own world for an hour or two and then just didn't care. Yeah. But I have also <laughs> been with people speaking complete English about things that I had no idea what they were talking about and have felt so isolated from the conversation, you know, love them as, well, they're great people, but I have a friend, I have a very close friend and her friends are wonderful, but they are very insular. And when you are with them, it can be very hard to like break into their conversation and you just mm-hmm. feel on the outside mm-hmm. and you feel so small And I felt like Sarah Jessica Parker did such a good job of shrinking herself during that scene. Um, And so I do get that. And I do think when they play it in Paris, they dub it so that they're actually speaking another language so that you're still disoriented. So Carrie's speaking French, but they might be speaking, like, Russian. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a great end to the episode. I did too. It got me like I was ready to keep going. I was ready to watch the, the go get one. a yeah. girl and then that final scene. Yeah. What do you think of the fashion in this one? Well, you know the beret is uh, it's a look. As a um, plain outfit, I think what she's wearing is literally crazy, particularly given the fact that it's a night like flight, and I assume mm-hmm. she wants to sleep. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't catch me in that. No. Um, but um, after that, I thought her Paris looks were all amazing. My mm-hmm. favorite being actually the last look, which was that fuzzy pink fuzzy. top. That's and my favorite first, too. I thought I hated it because I thought it was going to be a dress, which I do think she does wear a fuzzy dress. I want to say to her book party in season five. Or no, she wears a sort of fuzzy, like, poof dress to that wedding. To the yes. Whereas so I was like, oh God, not this, not this kind of look again. But it's no, actually a it. fuzzy top in these really chic black pants. Mm-hmm. That looks I thought really she looks good. great. She's also wearing at one point a, I think to go to Dior, this bejeweled top and skirt that was really cute. Mm-hmm. A really simple knit dress when she's on the. I thought like, oh, Patfield definitely was like, okay, we're going to Paris. She needs to look amazing. Yeah, and she does. She looks beautiful. Um, the worst look to me was Samantha in this floral print gala benefit horrible shock a wreck a wreck yeah then in terms of did you have any other favorite carrie looks i didn't know i mean charlotte i just think really she wore beautiful. anything charlotte i think just wore like a white yeah. blouse <laughs> i was really distracted by miranda's eyeshadow at the lunch with big um it kept was it kind purple of pulling. no it was like this smoky green mm. And I just can't imagine Miranda ever being like, I'm going to throw some eyeshadow on to go to lunch. It just and felt strange. Big. But, right, to see big, you're going to throw on some... Yeah. Well, she knew weird, she had but, that close up. Yeah. She was like, go get her, girl. It's, um, like, and then it's giving term- Miley Cyrus eyes. Yeah. And the then meme. in terms of big, we had Alex big. A man named Raul. Harry. Oh, the Harry. driver and Harry. And then the check-in guy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Most I'm going to pick Andre. Who's that? Is that the elder at the end? His best friend, yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for him. 
I'm going to pick um, the check-in guy. I thought he was, uh, you know, really nice. Yeah, you really, you've touched back on him quite a bit. I just felt like <laughs> he was like disgusting. a real, he was a real antidote to me of the bitchy barista woman from Balthazar. Oh my God. That- <laughs> like if there's her in New York, there's this guy in Paris and they're, love to see a sitcom with those two. Mm. What would you give this out of 10? I would give it like a nine and a half. I'd give it a solid Okay. My memory of it, I would give it a solid eight and a half. Okay. Watching it as one episode of television, divorced from the finale, mm-hmm. which it would have been when we originally saw it, or if I we were watching this live. I think I would have to give this a seven because I just think it's not of a whole. Mm. It just doesn't feel complete in the way it should. Um but there's still some great stuff in here. And I think Sarah Jessica Parker actually is fantastic. As much as I think she's doing way too much of the cutesy carry stuff and then that baby thing, there are some really devastating fun moments um, mm-hmm. that she gets to do in this. And not much for the other girls to do, but they were there. They were there and they moved the storyline along. Yeah, I'm hoping they mm-hmm. get more to do next week. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little longer, I think, than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're welcome. <laughs> we, hope you'll get, you, we hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss the final episode of the original series of Sex and the City, An American Girl in Paris, Part 2. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can support us by joining us over at patreon.com at patreon.com slash shortcomingspodcast. And you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. And I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.